0: I'm Scott and I'm Seth and we've had shitty days I hate traffic so much
1: so like so like I can't even describe how stupid people are you know how stupid people are but I don't so my normal day I spend like three hours in the car right oh that much on a typical day yeah typical day is is two hours and 45 minutes three hours in the car sure but it's not commuting in the traditional sense because I'm driving like kind of back roads to school and it's sort of off times because it's early enough. It's before most people are going to work and then it's, you know, like between two and three in the afternoon.
0: True.
1: But today, after I did my normal school commuting, I drove from the northeast part of Houston to the southwest part of Houston, like literally all the way through Houston.
0: And if you don't know. I feel like we have to take a pause. I've been in Texas and driven enough in Texas to know that driving from one part of the city to another is not like driving to one part of Chicago to the other. The expanse of Texas cannot be understated. It cannot be overstated. So
1: being... being within technically these are these are like outside Houston, but everybody who would say they live in Houston for this stuff. If I drove through at two o'clock in the morning and there was zero traffic, it would take an hour and that's all freeway. 70 miles an hour. Yeah. It's like a sixty two mile trip, and I'm still in Houston. Yeah. And then I just got to drive through commuting traffic both directions and i hate humanity right now because there were no accidents it was just people failing to zipper merge i swear to god 80 percent of all traffic problems are people who cannot zipper merge
0: so we've we've been having that discussion up here uh in michigan and by we i mean me um when the problems with your zipper merging down there do you guys get the heroes who try to block the lane that's trying to zipper like the merging to lane so
1: the 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 bigger problem there's two things one the guy who wants to stay right next to the guy in front of him yes like no I'm not letting someone in yes okay we're all going 7 miles an hour what are you accomplishing sure and the, the other problem is we have we have places where roads split and come together because we've got like nine freeways. And you'll have some guy who decides he's like, no, I'm going to drive all the way up that that lane that that's the exit lane. And then I'm going to mash myself in. Yes. Yep. And and they know it's not like an out of towner who made a mistake and went, oh, no, I'm in the wrong lane. I apologize. But there's a dude who commutes every day and he's a dick every single day so that's wh- his lifestyle.
0: <laughs> it's a choice. So why and then of
1: course somebody has to slam on the brakes and then it screws up everything
0: and rah, I'm so angry. so why did you have to uh or why did you choose to travel all that extra time and distance?
1: I don't know if I can tell you <laughs> seems weird. So the question is whether or not my kid actually listens to this. Guarantee do she
0: does. Guarantee you she doesn't. Cool, I'll tell you. I promise so, you she doesn't. If so, she does, hi Sonia.
1: You've met Sonia. She's not. She's not a big uh, young woman, right? Yes. We've so met. basically, basically every motorcycle she rides is bigger than her. To some extent, they're they're heavy. If you only weigh eighty pounds, a motorcycle that weighs one hundred and forty pounds is big. It's heavy. Yeah, almost yeah. like the smallest motorcycles you can find for kids. The ratio is hard to get. The ratio is hard to get, and there's one exception to that, and that's a motorcycle that Yamaha has been making continuously without change since 1981. Okay, they've not been making it for for. 41 is for this will be 2023 will be the 42nd continuous year of production without change and it's called the Yamaha PW50 it's a two stroke automatic Mm -hmm. transmission in the motorcycle with fuel in it weighs like 90 pounds
0: how much how much power does that make not like
1: three horsepower same as all the little bikes make but it weighs nothing shaft drive totally bizarre motorcycle
0: does this like a christmas gift thing or
1: so what sonia has aside from the fact that this is the only motorcycle in the world that's kind of smaller than her and she wants to ride a motorcycle that's smaller than her that's been one of those things she's she has a like a false nostalgia for a dirt bike childhood that didn't exist because <laughs> okay. uh, she started riding dirt bikes when or motorcycles in general, like when she was twelve. Um, but if you if you look back at at basically eighty percent of all professional motorcycle racers, and you say what was your first motorcycle, they will say a PW fifty. They're ubiquitous. They've made four hundred thousand of them in the last forty years. All they they sell all over the world. Uh, Mark Marquez, current world champion, previous like eight times world champion his first bike PW50 um and so like everybody had one and so she she kind of pines for this childhood where instead of you know having three other siblings who took all the attention what if she got a PW50 when she was 3 years old like like the rest of those pro riders and so she's kind of wanted one and she's been poking me about it for I don't know 2 years now and I'm like, no, it, you can't. We have like like 19
0: motorcycles. We're not buying a PW50. Well, why didn't you trade in one of them or sell one of them and get that? I one? need all of them. Uh, <laughs> you, you sir have a problem.
1: <laughs> so she was home for Thanksgiving. Yep. And she just kind of like wanted to hang out and work on dirt bikes and was talking about PW50s. And I told her if I could find a cheap one, I would buy it. So over Christmas, she, she could take stuff apart. She is the one thing she kind of misses at school is hanging out in the garage and then riding dirt bikes around the yard. And that sort of, that, that thing that we had, especially in COVID year, but, but otherwise that was sort of her way to unwind was to like go clean dirt bikes and change oil on bikes and, you know, take them out and blast them out around the yard to make sure everything felt okay and do all that stuff. And she's, a, she feels like she's a long way away from that at, at college. So now I have a $500 uh, motorcycle that hasn't run in three years that I have to not fix for three weeks. And it's going to be the worst thing in the world.
0: You should put one of those giant red bows on it. But you've got to get the red bow like really dirty and oily and greasy. <laughs> be like, here, now you have to clean it and fix it. Yeah. Like make the bow a little lopsided and like crooked. The, the bike has seen some things. Um, the
1: guy bought it from. Oh, the other reason I'm we're, I'm late recording tonight. The other reason I'm late recording tonight is because the guy bought it from. Like I think half the reason he sold it is because like he wanted to talk to someone about motorcycles. Oh, no, it's my, you know it's that, my,
0: that guy. It's my nightmare. <laughs> it's my nightmare when buying or selling things is. It's that's an exaggeration. I don't mind. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm here to do a business transaction.
1: Have you bought me out of parts from the guy who wants to talk? Yeah. as yet. Yes. Have you done that?
0: Kinda. It's, it's an adventure, isn't it? It's, it's been a while more, really more recently. It's been, I've sold parts and people want to talk about yeah things so yeah now
1: so so uh tim who there's no way tim listens to this show guaranteed no no he doesn't um tim uh is a former professional three-wheeler racer from the the 80s he raced three-wheelers professionally all around the country wait hold on tim who him, the dude I bought the bike from. Okay. Not a Tim, you know. This Thank is, this you. Is Tim I was about to say, there is
0: absolutely no way Tim Miller <laughs> rode three wheelers, let alone, no offense, Tim, was a national champion. That, that's like a fun comic book life for Tim Miller. But no, this is, this
1: is Tim, the, the motorcycle okay. guy that I bought this from. Okay. And I feel like he doesn't get enough opportunities to tell people that he used to be a professional three wheeler racer, and he That's really a wanted to
0: point for sure.
1: Yeah, and he really what because you know somebody shows up to buy a crappy motorcycle, they probably
0: want to hear about it. Well, and here's the thing: like, am am I the asshole because I like it's one of those Reddit things? Am I the asshole because I don't want to like talk in here because part of me thinks that like my desire just to and again like this is overstating it but like my desire just to want to like get the transaction over and done with rather than like getting to know somebody who could potentially be really cool and have cool stories right i just i sometimes don't want to though usually i'm a talker and i will like
1: i i'll let them that's not true usually i'm a listener and I'll really let them just spill their heart about whatever nostalgic thing they've got on their mind that day. Um, apparently, my my wife is like, you must look like you listen good because people want to talk to me at you, the drop of a hat.
0: You have what I would call, not, not just me actually, there's a, actually shoot, this would be a podcast in and of itself. What we referred to in chaplaincy as a non anxious presence.
1: Which, Whoa, I make do I like make people feel safe?
0: Yes, I think you do. You yeah. have, I, I, you make good eye contact. One, that's that's your mistake, first of all. Yeah, I do two that. is like you have just a soft enough personality, like presenting that I think it helps it. And then you have that just as dis- willingness to like listen, but also like set boundaries, which makes people comfortable.
1: I'm just, just curious of too. like, I will, I will ask you just a bit of a question or I will put just a little bit of an anecdote in there that, that sure. shows that I can relate to you. Yes. And then it's, it's like you just turn on the tap and you're going to let me, you're going to let me hear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You you exude a warm fuzzy blanket with a cup of warm whatever you like to drink and like your favorite movie. Yeah.
1: Today, I really wanted to get back in the car and uh, drive back home so I could do a podcast. And
0: even like angry, upset Seth is kind of like an angry, tiny chihuahua or something. You're like, oh, look at it. Well, so it's that's the thing is that I feel like when I do get like angry and a little
1: anxious, all of a sudden people turn into listeners and they're like, oh, I'm curious about those emotions you're showing. And then they're not really satisfied until they know why I am the way I am.
0: Well, and they want, speaking from how I felt at times is like, I think people also want to see how you self resolve that like they want to see that it's possible from a person like Seth who's always (laughs) warm and fuzzy who does have some angry emotions from time to time that even a person like Seth can like quickly change they don't want to see Seth angry I think they want to see Seth change from angry so that they know that things will be all right they do they want me to walk away happy like i've had
1: that presence before that that i've been like i would like to end this conversation now and they're like no you need to be better before you can leave and but
0: but that's the funny stuff it's not about you it's about them they need to feel that everything's okay and everything (laughs) looks okay (laughs) is you being okay so you just need to be like yeah yeah things are fine they walk away being like son of a bitch no, usually I actually am calmed down by the time I go, though. I know that's the annoying
1: part. I know. Yeah, it's the worst. So that was that was my day. It wasn't really that bad. I bought a motorcycle, which is for my kid largely. So, like, how can that
0: be bad? Again, it's it's just. Was number twenty right?
1: No, nineteen. I believe. I think it's nineteen. I mean, it depends. Some there's there's like probably a frame or two. Which, so so my my friend I, Derek uh, has a
0: so. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> see you don't know and that's a problem
1: so. Derek's wife Kristen who's a wonderful wonderful woman elementary school principal um, fantastic woman she has a has a standard for a motorcycle where if a six year old would look at it and say that's a motorcycle then it's a motorcycle and you don't get to cheat the fact that it like doesn't have a motor in it or yada yada you're like you know two wheels motorcycle shaped can roll around like it might be a broken motorcycle but but if you look at it and a 6 year old went hey what's that motorcycle then it is a motorcycle
0: yeah i i don't know like to me to me a frame is like that counts as one because if if you think ah. about cars like if you've got a shell like that's a car
1: yeah, but a shell takes up a car's worth of space. A motorcycle frame gets tucked in a corner and you can forget you own it.
0: But you put two wheels on it. Is it really that it, much bigger? I
1: know. That's the thing. Don't assemble it. If you can assemble it, a six-year-old will identify it as a motorcycle. Boom, you own another one.
0: Dude, you're in deep into a rabbit Yeah. You're, you're hiding from the six-year-old that is yourself i don't want to
1: know indeed i am but the six-year-old that's me is also super excited about how many motorcycles i have so
0: all right so how many frames do you have with anything no i
1: to... real realistically i've only got i have um i do have two frames that could be made back into motorcycles okay. um and I've got, I've got like one other one that the bike has been parted out. It will never be a motorcycle. I have two of them that will never be motorcycles again. Right. Um, They have no chance of being motorcycles again. I have two of them, you know, two and a half of them that might be motorcycles again.
0: So why do you have the ones that will never be again?
1: One of them is because it's a bike that I bought and we actually raced it for a little bit. And then the, the oil kept getting shinier and shinier every time I changed it. Bike ran great. Um, probably kept getting faster too. Uh it yeah, it, it wasn't slow. It was good, but it was like making some noises, like like top end noises, and I was like, "Huh, that's probably an issue." And the and the shininess that was coming out was clearly aluminum. Like it was non magnetic. It was aluminum. So finally, I was like, "Ah, should should look at what's going on in the the head because the a lot of the air cooled." Hondas, the old air cooled Hondas, the cam journals are just bored through aluminum. There's no bearings at all. It's just a oh, cam wow. sitting in, in aluminum.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I pulled this apart, and the, the cam journal was galled to the cam itself. So the cam had like a coating of aluminum on it, mm-hmm. and it was just sort of spinning around aluminum against aluminum, and it wasn't quite rattling in there.
0: But it was close and the bike ran pretty good it's about to say at that point like once you get aluminum on the camshaft like pretty much made its own bearing at that point
1: yeah basically it did um and then i when i had pulled it off you looked down on the cylinder and the, cil- <laughs> the cylinder has this rust line which when if you set the bike on the kickstand and you looked the rust line would have been perfectly horizontal which is the the time the cylinder got filled with water and it'll and it stayed there until things got rusty. And then somebody kicked it over and it ran again. And so I looked at all the parts and I was like, I don't think I can put this motorcycle back together. Like like without actually fixing things.
0: But that's and just it a, was a motor, motor, right?
1: Yeah, but once so the thing about dirt bikes is if the motor works, it's a motorcycle. It's fine. Right. It's worth fixing. Okay. If the motor doesn't work, it's worth basically nothing. Oh. Because you can't just buy a motor. Because remember, if the motor works, it's a good motorcycle. So you mm. can't just buy motorcycle engines That's, as a general rule.
0: That seems dumb. I'll be honest. Seems now, weird. you
1: can for like street bikes. So bikes that get wrecked, right? Sure. So if a bike can have a crash... And be totaled for insurance and that sort of thing. You can get motors for those. If it's a bike that you kind of can't kill by crashing, mm. the only way for that motorcycle to die is if the engine dies. There's just not enough other sure. moving parts to make it worth killing a bike unless the motor's dead. That's crazy. Um, so that bike gave gave up a bunch of parts to some other bikes. It gave. I needed a set of wheels for something else anyway. And some other bits and bobs. And so like that bike got completely disassembled, basically, into a nuts and bolts pile. um, Where I continue to pull very high-quality Honda factory nuts and bolts out of it for various things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that empty motor is the mock-up motor for the race bike right now. Um, It can be rebuilt. It's just I have to decide that that's what I want to do. And then I'll rebuild that as a race motor at some point. But um, So that's why I have that frame... The other frame uh, is a Ducati frame from a guy in jail probably. Um that probably the, the frame doesn't have a title should never be relinquished back to the world and my wife wants me to make a rocking chair out of it. So oh. that'll never be a bike again.
0: Okay. Wow. Cool to
1: Ducati Monster frames so with a trellis. It's this is bright red beautiful trellis frame. Um that has a whole story behind it, but it's, it's a really beautiful frame and would make a neat chair. So
0: when, when are you going to get to that?
1: It's on the list. Okay. Don't, you don't need to be another person in my life who asked me that question, Scott. <laughs> I have enough of them.
0: I mean, I can be though. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be, but I uh finally pulled my differential out. And I I didn't know it had to come out. Why did it have to come out? No, because I'm I'm putting a different final drive in it this year. I, just uh just
1: diffy things or you want them you want it to be numerically different?
0: Uh I want it to be numerically different. I want a different huh. rear final drive. So All right. um basically I d I don't want to have to use second gear anymore. Um it's it's an actual problem at Gingerman. But even uh even places like Heartland, having to get into second gear for like a hot second is just a real pain in the butt. Um you need everything to be a little bit taller? Yeah. Um well shorter, actually. Oh a little bit shorter, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've third got, dip still. Yeah, I've got the four point three, which is like standard Miata stuff. Uh some guys still use the four point one. Uh, I'm gonna go with the four seven seven. Um which, what does that come out of? Is it just a race piece or is it? That comes out of a Kia. So Bob's going to be very oh, happy. Oh, Bob's going to be so excited. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the, it's a Mazda part actually, oddly enough, but it's the Kia Sportage front differential f- final drive. Okay. Um, I
1: knew there was a bunch of differentials that work. Like the yeah. the RX seven guys used to use like a Mazda MPV piece and wow, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that swap in there.
0: Yeah, and there's a there's a five point two or five point three some something like that that can also be used. Um, right. But the top speed at that point couldn't like <laughs> isn't tall enough for Road America and fast tracks so the uh, And then you have to have two diffs and Yeah, and I I'm not about that life. Um <laughs> I've got got Yet. bigger fish to fry. This is going to be better than what I have. Um so yeah, I'll, I'll do this which I think is good for like 135 miles an hour or something like that which will be good enough for road America. Um which at least for the tracks I go to is about as fast. Um, if if we got out to Coda, that might be on the list as well. But yeah, so that's out. Um, going to be taking it to PRI with me and uh, handing it off to Ethan, who's going to take it down to the winning formula. And cool, Emil's going to put his So hands doing all
1: all over doing it. all that setting pinion depth nonsense. That's not. That's not Scott Rotten. No, no, stuff. I don't.
0: I, if I had somebody closer to me that like really knew their stuff, um, uh, I trusted, had the time to like come and show me, like walk me through the process to where like they do it and I get to watch. And then the next time I have to do it, like I do it, but they're there to watch then. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, more of like an apprentice program. But like Is it
1: set with shims or a crush spacer or how does Miata do it? This is a great
0: question, Seth. Um <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> asked. I don't know. Um no, that was just kind of one of the things like I I think for me at least, like it's been very healthy and I'm I'm fortunate enough to have just enough money to be able to draw a line in the sand on some things and like setting gear things like opening up transmissions and differentials is one of those things i've just said here and no farther um maybe yeah there has to be an admission like
1: Everybody has to. Well, that's not true. Some people don't have this, but but almost everybody has a like. Like, I don't have to learn everything. From a from a practical time standpoint and a knowledge right. standpoint, like I don't have to learn to fix everything on the car. And there's somebody out there going, "I do everything," and you're and I'm like, "Yeah, but do you do bodywork and build cages?" And they're like, "Well, no, I just do mechanical so stuff like or
0: 3D mill." parts yeah it's it's
1: it's rare to meet somebody who does literally everything because usually somebody goes no my my talents lie in this sphere and in this sphere i do everything
0: right but outside this sphere there's still it gets it either gets handed off or doesn't get done and even at even at high levels like in race prep shops and things like that they have relationships with other shops that right. they trade skills and that's right. part of how it works. Yeah, um, Like wiring was one of those for me when I did the swap. Like I knew in advance, one, I didn't have that much time, but two, I knew with like how detailed oriented my brain was, how big of an undertaking that was going to be to get to the level that I wanted to. And so wiring and like internal gear, related things are like where I have said, I, I know people, I trust these, these few people and please do my things for me.
1: Yeah. Wiring is always hard because even if you, you said, no, I'm going to do this, yeah. you wouldn't be happy with it the first time.
0: Yeah. And, um, and for me, like I would have to, I would want to know everything before I started. I would want to know and the theory behind it. Like I would want to be as masterful in the pursuit as possible for something like that. Because yeah, once you make it like to remake it would be, I mean go a lot quicker for sure the second time, but it would still be an extraordinary amount of time and effort to redo that because you can't just redo one piece right like the the, the everything has to kind of come apart
1: in so, full disclosure i have built a wiring harness from scratch before for a bike for a bike yeah um and you know like a bike like i was building requires like i don't know eight wires
0: See, and it's that like that I would undertake more. I'd be more willing to do.
1: Still took me like two weeks of thinking about it and yeah. redoing and making the wires purposely too long. So I would, you know, not make exactly. them too short. And exactly. then, you know, and I look at the wires that it takes. And that's the thing is I look at the wires it takes for your car. And the, if nothing else, just the number of different colors yeah, you have to yeah, have You've
0: seen the wiring on my car. Yeah. And wiring in your car is beautiful. Um, like, and, I, I couldn't do that. Even like no, if I had multiple chances, multiple tries, I still could not pull out the quality of the job that Blake did. No, and and I bet if
1: I would love to get Blake on the show. I bet if you asked Blake, you would be like, Yeah, yeah the first one I did didn't wasn't like that either. <laughs> sure. Like it's it's a process of learning how to do it. And there are certain things that you can't do. A great job on the first time you do it because there's there's an art associated with them and you right. need to learn that art and I think wiring is like that bodywork is like that like you could paint a car but the first car you painted would probably would definitely wouldn't make you happy even if everybody else would be like wow that's a pretty good job your first time you
0: would be pissed off about it first like twenty paint jobs I'm sure we could speaking of people like we could talk to Jorge who like. <laughs> paints vehicles for a right. job and it's like that looks hard and not to mention like the equipment like the tools that you need right. to be good um is a thing it's when i was learning how to be a trim carpenter and you never quite learn stop learning how to be a, tr- a carpenter or anybody in your field But I feel like the farther up you go, you always make mistakes. And this has been said of professional race car drivers. Professional race car drivers still make the same number of mistakes we do. They're just much smaller and they are able to correct quicker. Same for like the really good trim carpenters I know. They still miscut things, but we're talking by a 64th. Rather than like an eighth of an inch. <laughs> right. And even when they do that, they can manipulate two pieces so that you don't even notice it. They're much yeah. better at hiding, like either hiding or featuring it so that it looks like whatever they did was on purpose. <laughs> like yeah. it's really impressive. And I imagine that that's the same in wiring, that that's the same in painting things like that i mean mistakes still happen but not not to the near like i would make a a wire like a foot too short and like would, no, you have would to, like, you'd
1: make you'd make a wire an inch too short because that pisses you off yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a foot too short is like ah whatever i have to replace it sure. an inch too short is maddening yeah, so fair. i I read, I can't even tell you where I read this, but somebody, uh, a thing that I read once said, somebody said, perfection is asymptotic. Okay. And so, you you know, an asymptotic mathematical function never quite touches the line. Yep. It curves up and never touches the line. It goes on Con- indefinitely.
0: Continuously approaches it, but never reaches it. It's
1: closer and closer and closer, but you, it will you guys, never you guys touch have all
0: line. Yeah. If, if you can't, like if you have a hard time picturing it, it's definitely was talked in like, I think probably tri- trigonometry. Right. You know, it starts in their top left, quickly curves down, but keeps going to the right much faster than it goes down. And then eventually like almost, turns into what looks like a flat line but isn't a flat line so it never gets to zero but keeps getting closer to infinity. So what what was the quote
1: again? Perfection is asymptotic.
0: Yeah. Or mastery maybe.
1: Yeah, that would be... And I can't even, and I can't remember the context I read it in, but I, but that was, it was, I mean, it could have been playing music. It could have been when I was, when I was learning to play the violin and somebody was like, dude, you're always going to suck somehow because there will always be, you will always know that you are making mistakes. You know, you know, the best you can do is play well enough that nobody else knows that you're making those mistakes. Unless there's somebody else in the crowd who's as good as you. And you'd be like, yeah, that dude screwed up. And so that was... Uh, whenever I'm doing something that has something that's kind of artistic to it, I try to forgive myself those little bits um, by thinking about that. Um, because, you know, the a lot of times the best I can do is to have other people not think I'm crabby. Because I will always think that I'm kind of crappy
0: at it. Yeah. I uh, There's a video clip of a concert pianist playing a part that, you know, sounds nice and kind of bouncy, kind of fun and stuff like that. Plays like that for like five, ten seconds. Stops. Turns the music right side up. <laughs> <laughs> and then continues to play, dun, 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 dun. and and all of a sudden, like you realize, he was playing this upside down and backwards, right? And unless you knew, you had no idea, right? People who are good at what they do can make a mistake seem beautiful, <laughs> like and masterful. Yeah. Like it's it's cool to watch people. Who are good at what they do. Like uh, chefs, sous chefs who have like amazing knife knife skills. Like right. I love watching that stuff just because it amazes me. But of, kind of, of course, they're good at it. One, they want to be good at it. But two, like they do that all the time. Right. Like they've put in the work, they've put in the effort, and it's important to them.
1: Yeah, and watching my sister chop vegetables, and she'll tell you, she's like, I'm not a chef. She's like, I'm a baker. But she's worked in kitchens for almost 20 years now, and so she chops stuff, and she chops stuff, and I watch her, and I'm like, you're definitely going to cut your fingers off. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's no way, I A, hope. I don't know how you have all your fingers right now, but B, there's no way we're going to get through the prep of this meal, and you're going to keep all your fingers if you keep doing that with a knife. Yep. And she's just like having a conversation, doing stuff and it's freaking me out. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm crap with a knife. She's like the people who are good at it are so much better.
0: Yeah. And that's, I She like, has cut the end of her finger off more than once. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me too, but <laughs> not with, not with the knife yet. I say yet. Um, But I mean, that's, that's drivers too, you know, that's that kind of learning curve that we talk about in driving where we don't even have to like bring in like how well or how much you think you're doing. Like when you're starting out, you make big mistakes, right? Um, Like you go a long way off or like, you know, but you make mistakes, but those mistakes change. They get smaller as you, you know, learn, continue, put yourself in new situations, stuff like that, you're just continuing to improve. But I think like one of the differences as we were even talking about it between driving competitively and a daily skill that could be like cutting vegetables or trim carpentry, which a lot of guys do every day because that's their job. Um Is we don't get to drive very often now. Not, not like we track drive.
1: We drive like we're stuck in Houston traffic and cursing at people. It
0: sucks. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting to me because like the driving that we do, most of us do every day shares a lot of the same, can share a lot of the same details, but it's in a very different environment with very different rules and it's hard. Like I do think that you can practice a lot of your track driving on the street. We've talked about it before, right? Like there are things you can do, but it is a very different environment with different goals. (laughs) Like your goal is to make it to wherever you're going, not to beat the other people or not to like necessarily uh, maybe to set a best
1: time, but Seriously, people should look ahead. People should have an yes. idea of what's going on more than one car in front of them. Yes. But like... Swear to God, just... What? Swear <laughs> to God, just pay attention. Don't just drive on the bumper of the guy in front of you. Yeah, You're making it worse.
0: Yeah. A lot of people uh. are tunnel vision, ahead and tunnel vision at best. Typically. Sometimes yep. it's down and tunnel vision, which is worse. Right. But yeah, practicing is like you gotta practice, and that's kind of why I, so I'm really excited because I'm finally starting to get the first few pieces of my sim rig.
1: Oh, dude, I saw that. I saw a picture. Yeah. There was like bits, and I was like, "Scott's gonna do a thing finding."
0: There are well, I mean, there's there's still some bits to get. I got the. I got the processor a little while ago because it was on a sale, so I got it. And then the graphics card I got because it was the lowest price that it had been in, like, ever. And so I remember seeing the low price and was like, all right, well, let me think on it. Any big purchase, I try to think on it, like, not just click buy it now. I thought on it. The next day, it was three hundred and eighty dollars more jesus christ and i said no like i can't i can no longer afford this piece and i'm like what's happened um people be crazy so it came back down to being like 70 or 80 bucks more than that low price that i saw it at. and i'm like god i should have gotten it then okay fine i'll buy it so i buy it you know i'm i'm a couple days later I, I go back to check the shipping status hasn't shipped yet and the price is back to where it was so i canceled my order <laughs> and then i went and bought it at the super low price um so that's why i got that and then yeah i made a real stupid decision on a monitor um, cuz i'm a broken human being and hate money, apparently.
1: I was going to say, is this stupid because you bought a crappier one than you know you'll want? No. Or because you bought one that's
0: awesome? No, that's not how I function as a human being. <laughs> uh No, I bought one and it's awesome. And uh yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. You like watching movies on it yet or anything? I don't have it yet. Oh, okay. I you just know it's going to be awesome. Wednesday? I think it's supposed to get here Wednesday. Yes, it's supposed to be awesome. Um, and then the the rest of the bits are kind of smaller bits, um, that I think will, you know, are much cheaper, will be easier to get. And so, <laughs> and all this is going to get put together on a plywood and two by four frame that I build myself because that is my line in the sand, Seth. <laughs> I'm going to buy all these things and I am cheaping out on the rig itself because I'm a carpenter and I'm going to make say, this if you, work.
1: If you were a welder, you'd build it out of steel, but you're a carpenter, so you build it out of wood. That's just how the world works. If you were a yep. boat builder, you'd build it out of fiberglass.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. They'd probably. If do you could steal enough now. stuff from work, you <laughs> definitely would. <laughs> Stuff's expensive. It is. Um, yeah, so it, it'll be cool, but all that to say is like, the main reason I'm doing that is so that I can practice intentional on-track driving more Um, visual cues and things like that. Like I'm, I want the practice. So
1: I think you're going to like it. I haven't done a lot of SIM driving, um, but I, I like that focus, like intentionally focusing is something that, that I enjoy. Um, the problem is making myself do it um usually I'm like, that was neat and I walk away and go do other things because I yeah. like to touch things with my hands,
0: yeah, and i'm I'm a little worried about that myself. I mean, it's like I've got you know, I've got an inversion table that I don't use nearly enough uh even though it's good for me and I should I should do it more. I'm hoping this isn't one of those things um but yeah, I I think I'm going to like it. Um, And it's intimidating because of now how many people do it, but are also like really, really into it. Right. Um, And I think this is something like your typical grid life, GLTC competitor or time attack competitor needs to remember about people just getting into something for the first time is like when you're walking into something that you're not, that you're excited about, but you're not quite sure about, but you see like the level that everyone else is at, like it's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're, they host races with different cars at different tracks and everyone's like, yeah, you know, you really have to set up the car digitally well. And I'm like, dude, I can turn a wrench and stuff, but like we're getting into settings on a computer now and, and, It's so. I'm I'm gonna start out just basically like embrace the fact that I suck Um, (laughs) at sim racing straight off the bat, and just try some tracks, try some different cars, and just kind of get into it, and not not really lean into the like big competition aspect straight off the bat. That can that can always come later.
1: I wonder if you. So I always thought maybe the, one of the reasons I didn't get into it is because I didn't I never had any social aspect. I just drove around tracks by myself until I was like, meh, whatever, and then I got done. And I feel like that's how I would be driving in real life too if there was no social aspect of it. It was just me and access to asphalt. Oh, I would sure. just drive around until I was like, meh, done. And so like I have to it has to be an event and it has to be with friends and it has to be a thing. Um, that's a good. So point. I wonder, uh, you know, don't don't forget that about sim driving. Is that it? It still is a social activity.
0: Yeah, and that's. I mean, I was I was raised in an era where online video games kind of became popular, but it wasn't a thing when I was a kid right um like you certainly could play with other people but they literally had to be in the same room as you because that's how the world worked um and so that's not a natural thing for me to like have this thing in my house with one controller and like know that I could play with like literally thousands of people at any given time like that's going to be a new experience for me but that's a good point i i think uh yeah i think that'll be important to play in somehow yeah i
1: have no idea how like because i don't play those games either i those all post date me um i mean there was certainly a lot of going to your friend's house to play video games that was an important culturally thing that's video games were fun because your friend was over Yes. Um, Or, you you played with your brother until you hated him or whatever it was. Right.
0: And even then, like, I wasn't super into video games. Like, I thought they were cool occasionally. Um, I just didn't. I played
1: video games to hang out with my friends. Sure. And if I could convince them to do anything else, like, when we were hanging out, it would be like, cool, let's go do, and then we would go do something else. Yeah um for for my friends that liked video games oh, i just um,
0: realized we're those two old guys talking about sitting around how we used to do things
1: yeah i was listening oh. to slip angle today and and uh adam and abe were complaining about being in their late 30s and i was like go
0: to hell yeah it's i'm not that much older than them but like i'm older than them
1: yeah i'm older than all of you so
0: it's true yeah Probably a decent place to end a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh we are at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Track Walking Chats is the group. Um where usually I get trolled by PT Cruiser posts. Um, and sometimes serial issues. Yeah. And stuff. They're out there. For tonight, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. We'll talk to you next week.